Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Larry. We'll listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is Hysteria by Def Leppard. But before anything else, here's our news segment. And welcome back to your music news. Joan Jett and Ted Nugent have been beefing. Didn't really get into that, didn't care enough. Ringo Starr has received his honorary doctorate from Berklee College of Music. Congratulations, Sir Ringo. Dolly Parton has teamed up with Taco Bell and has brought the Mexican pizza back. <laughs> yeah, baby! <laughs> um, Kevin Parker of Tame Paula and Diana Ross were rumored to be having a collaborative album together. They still could be, I don't know. However, it was confirmed that Tame Paula, Diana Ross, Phoebe Bridger, St. Vincent, and many more are featured on the Minions 2 soundtrack. (laughs) Um, Apple has officially discontinued the iPod after 20 years. Wow, that's crazy. Crazy stuff. Iron Maiden's Fear of the Dark has turned 30 years old. My Chemical Romance is back and touring, and they have released their first single in eight years. Uh, Black Dahlia Murder singer died at the age of 41. Trevor. Kelly Osbourne, Ozzy's daughter, is expecting her first child. Um, Ludacris was awarded an honorary degree in music management by Georgia State. Uh, A woman gave birth at a Metallica concert in South America. Riot Fest has released their lineup with headliners My Chemical Romance, The Original Misfits, and Nine Inch Nails. Uh, This is Spinal Tap. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, it's basically a parody of how, like, I guess it's like metal bands and stuff like that, how they they just live their lives. Well, Mm -hmm. there is apparently a sequel in the works. Uh, Jimi Hendrix is having a graphic novel set to release this summer. Stevie Wonder, who's not blind, turned 72. Facts, bro. He is not blind. David Byrne, uh, from Talking Heads, I believe, turned 70. The big 7-0. Lil' Keed, um, from YSL, died at the age of 24. Dang. Which people are saying is very suspicious. Yeah, that is weird. Considering he's the only free one. Um, Pearl Jam's drummer tested positive for COVID before their concert, and they had a kid from Oakland fill in for them. And he played their set. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Mike Oldfield turned 69. He is a legendary music composer, if you don't know who that is. Um, Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian thought they were already married, but apparently they are now officially, officially married. Let's see, Nine Inch Nails' Trent Reznor turned 57. Uh, Jonathan Richmond turned 71. The Notorious B.I.G., or Biggie Smalls, will officially be crowned King of New York on what would have been his 50th birthday. Let's see, this year's inductees into the Country Music Hall of Fame uh, include Jerry Lee Lewis, Keith Whitley, and Joe Belante Gallant. So sorry, buddy. Taylor Swift has earned her honorary doctorate from NYU. Rihanna had her and ASAP Rocky's child. 
And Pete Townsend turned 77. A lot of birthdays this month. Yeah. And that's it for your music news. And we're back, but before we get into anything else, here's our social medias. The Twitter, TDM Pod, TDMPOD. The Instagram, the Diamond Mine Podcast. The YouTube for our face and junk and all sorts of the stuff like that. Uh, the Diamond Mine. If you look up Diamond Mine Podcast, we should be the first thing that pops up. Um, TikTok, Diamond Mine Podcast. Rate us, like us, comment us, message us. Yeah. Give specs on Hysteria, Lenny. Def Leppard's Hysteria was released on August 3rd, 1987. This album is 12 songs long and it lasts a whopping one hour and two minutes. And it went 12 times platinum. This first song is called Women. Uh, shout out to all the women out there. Love y'all. Um, it's just like telling the Genesis story from the Bible, you know. Uh, I felt like I'd heard this, but I didn't know for sure. It's just your standard Def Leppard romp with your 80s guitar and some synthy bass in the back. Um, reminds me of Rock of Ages, how in the chorus it kind of sounds like a crowd is singing back to them. And that's something mm-hmm. that I touch on later later on in my analysis of this album. Um, the guitar solo at 320 has an interesting little walk down part. I enjoyed that. Um, they had a stupid line though that said they were like legs, thighs. What's <laughs> that is. spell? Women. How does that spell women? This song was. Eh, I'm not gonna lie. It's just because eh. it was sexualizing women the whole time. Mm mm mm. That's why. That's what it was about. How? Do, but how does legs and thighs spell women? <laughs> I don't know. I would have said like chicken or something. <laughs> yeah. Legs. Thighs. The new KFC $5 famous bowl. <laughs> it's finger licking good. <laughs> we turn it to a KFC sponsor channel. <laughs> yeah, that was close. Also, if y'all think I've been slacking on my music, this has a great event fleet on it. I don't slack. This says Green Day on it. He don't slack. Um, okay. <laughs> Whoop. Oh, oh, oh. What's Cy gonna get a diamond album? <laughs> Sorry. That song had to have gone diamond. Let me check. Okay. Anyway, women. This song stalled at number 80 on the pop chart, prompting people to prematurely label it as a disappointment and failure. However, subsequent singles would finally send the album to number one in the U.S. almost a full year after its release. Uh, it's a slower tempo slower tempo and a lower voice which kind of gives it this mysterious sounding at first or mysterious sound at first kind of dog water not that good uh like Nate mentioned already it references the garden of eden and adam and eve in the beginning and all of that the line one part woman one part child yeah yeah that was uh, weird that was weird weird (laughs) that just wasn't it um, there's a decent guitar solo, which is kind of expected from Def Leppard. That's just how they formulate their songs. I did enjoy the last minute and a half, even though it was rather repetitive. And I'll be honest, I could have lived my life without this song. I agree. Uh, this next song is called Rocket. Uh, shouts out some people from rock. I'm only going to give a couple examples because I think you're going to talk about it. But The Beatles, Elton John. Yeah. Um, David Bowie. The... Singer for Def Leppard, though, always sounds like he's about to throw up, and that really annoys me, and his voice is just really annoying to me, how he's like, 
Like, everything is so tense, and it's like, Jesus, man. Um, there's a random little quiet liftoff section, because uh, this, this song is called Rocket, uh, in the middle, and it really serves no purpose other than to pad the length, and that's something that, again, I will touch on throughout this album, is padding length of songs. Um, song is kind of boring, pretty repetitive, just wasn't down with it. Yeah, and it's actually something I mentioned. Also, did you find if that song went in diamond? Uh, no, I'm looking right now. Okay. So, Rocket was originally conceived as mostly instrumental song, with the only lyrics being the, um, like, Rocket, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But it evolved in the studio to have full choruses and verses. It was written in tribute to the rock artists of the 60s and 70s, which is why they do mention people like the Beatles, David Bowie, Elton John, and several others. It's certified five times platinum. Oh, oh only five? That's kind of crazy. Well, that's, I think, in just the U.S., so. Well, yeah, these are in the U.S. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is, like, I'm sure that a oh, lot of those views yeah, came from, yeah, like, yeah. Korea and, like, other Asian countries that and is, stuff. That is fair, that's fair. Okay. Um, inspired that the bands oh that they listened to in their youth Def Leppard later released an entire album based on this era don't know what the album is okay sorry I'm killing it right now um, I have heard this song before when they okay when they say satellite of love in no way shape or form does that sound like the words he is supposed to be saying uh-huh. Cause he just mumbles everything and just like growls his way through the song <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> Sure, sure, we'll go with that. Um, the song does have a nice swing to it, but the pronunciation of pronunciation of words isn't there for me. The song could have been cut in half, um, and I enjoyed the break in the middle that sounds like it's a radio transmission underneath the instrumental before it does do the liftoff thing, and that's where they should have ended it instead of adding in their extra yes. stuff at the end. Next. The next song is called Animal, and I got down like an animal to this song, because this one's got a different sound, and I love the variety. And I love when there's variety on albums, because then I don't get as bored as bad. I like this one better than the first two. The chorus was pretty catchy. I'm down to clown with Animal. How do you feel about Animal, Lainey? I'm sorry for all you headphones. <laughs> is that really what you had to say? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Cool, 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 cool. In August 1987, Hysteria was introduced to Europe with the release of Animal as its lead single. It immediately made the album a huge success, helping it reach the top 20 in eight countries, including topping the chart in their homeland, the UK. Their homeland? That's what Genius Lyrics said. I also forgot that they were... A Brit? Yeah. In English. Eight beans on toast, it. Sorry. Pop it. <laughs> Parts of the Caribbean over here. <laughs> um, in the U.S., where the lead single here was Women, Gosh. and it had stalled at number 80, Animal followed it up and did a lot better, obviously, becoming the first of five songs in a row to breach the top 20. Beginning the album's steady climb to number one in the summer of 88 and being the launch pad to propel the album to 10 times platinum, a.k.a. Diamond. Hello. Uh, within three years... That's actually very fast growth. I had heard this one before, too, and I have to say that I like this one much more than the first two, like Nate had said. More diversity. Um, He includes a more natural voice that takes over the verses, and then those are followed by a catchy chorus. It was just 
A nice song. A nice 80s song. Next. All right. Sound the alarm. This next song is called Love Bites. Uh, I'd heard this one before. Yep. Uh, it's probably the better one of their songs, in my opinion. I You were feeling a little uh, about it when we were listening to it. I don't know how you eventually developed that opinion, but in my opinion, I enjoyed this one because I've heard this one before. Um, I like how it builds up throughout the song. Like, it starts off pretty soft, and the pre-chorus builds up until it hits you with the truth of reality, the harsh reality that love bites. Um, they really bring the emotion on the chorus and it has an infectious guitar riff over it, uh, the verses or whatever, but really the hook and the build-up is what makes this song, and that's why I like it. The song became the band's first and only chart topper in the U.S., reaching number one in the fall of 1988, more than a full year after the album came out. Love Bites was the third single released overseas from the album, and it performed very well in late 1987 in the Netherlands, New Zealand, Australia, and the UK. In 2017, Billboard, hi, where we get this list from, included it in a list of the band's best songs, calling it a mid-tempo love song that hums with yearning driven by an engaging rhythm guitar. Uh, I didn't think I had heard this one until the chorus hit and the song progressed, and then I realized, oh look, another one that I have heard before. Oh goody. Um, I didn't think it was as good as Animal, and that's maybe why I didn't like it at first, because we were coming off of that one. Um, but it still wasn't as bad as the first two on this album. Yep. They extend their songs to fit the chorus in one or two more times, uh, like one or two more times at the end of their songs, and that's very, very annoying. And honestly, what's the point? Facts. What's the point? Their songs are too long, and it starts to lose substance, so what's the point? Facts. Next. This next song is called Pour Some Sugar On Me. Take the alarms away. I hate this song. So bad. It's very overplayed. I think it's really silly and corny with the the, the all the wordplay about being sticky. Silly. And it's just they're getting <laughs> it poured on them. And I just think it's really corny. I think it's dumb. And it honestly annoys me. Like this song, when this song comes on, it's one of those just like... Oh, God. So Turn that me. song off, You're telling bro. me you're not sticky from your head to your feet. No, it's just the wordplay. It really is like... Like, the sound is the basic Def Leppard sound, whatever. I can usually... Hit your funny bone. The basic Def Leppard sound, I can usually just, like, deal with and listen to it. You and mean, not be miserable, like what I did with this whole... Song. 80s glam rock. Yeah. yeah. I, like... I'm still not enjoying it, but it's not. I'm not hating myself. But just the wordplay in the song, it's not even wordplay. The the word fumbling in what the song. Say, what do you say? Peaches and cream. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I got the peaches, you got the cream. <laughs> and it's like, shut up, bruh. Shut up. You're so corny. You are so corny. And that's how I feel about pour some sugar on me. How do you feel about pour some sugar on me, lady? write anything I don't think I just wrote what genius said and it's a long one <laughs> so <laughs> so apparently this was thrown together in the last 10 days of recording sessions for Sounds this like album <laughs> there are two stories as to how the lyrics came about the first is that Joe Elliott asked Mutt if he wanted one lump or two in his tea to which <laughs> Mutt responded I don't care just pour some sugar on me Oh, that's a horrible story. Oh, Actually, shucks. I hope that's not the real one. I hope that's not the real one. Uh, the other is that the producer, uh, Mutt, overheard Elliot, 
quote, playing around on the acoustic guitar, singing Pour Some Sugar on Me, and he insisted the song be fleshed out. Elliot believes that the first record he ever bought, Sugar Sugar by the Archies, was probably his subliminal inspiration for this track, as that song contains the very similar lyric, Pour a Little Sugar on It, Baby. Elliot was also inspired by the recent success of Run DMC's groundbreaking collaboration with Aerosmith on Walk This Way, and in 2000, Elliot explained, All of a sudden, rock and rap did mix, so we wrote our, ours, so we wrote our own because Hysteria was already so far behind schedule and cost so much at that point. The record company originally did not want the band to spend more time and money finishing it to include it on the record, but Mutt convinced them to allow it. Released as a second UK single for the album, it reached a very respectable number 18 there. It had similar success in other countries, and in the U.S. it was Hysteria's fourth single, released a full seven months after the album had come out. That's very strange. Um, And at first it was, quote, a complete failure with rock stations, and the song was, quote, close to being shelved. However, when producer Mutt Lang remixed it for a pop station, 70 of them picked the song up, and it exploded across the nation rocketing to number two on the pop chart and finally driving the 11-month-old hysteria to the top of the album's chart in July of 88. <sighs> Basically meaning, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't even care anymore at this point. But you all know the song. I didn't really comment or write anything down on it. Um, it's catchy and it's overplayed. Next. Uh, this next song is called Armageddon It. Are you getting it? Armageddon It. Ah, they kind of sound similar. Um, this song has some sexual themes. Uh, they really do love the whole call and receive on choruses, so they'll be like, the, like, for example, like, oh yeah, drive my car, he's gonna drive his car real fast! And that's how they do choruses a lot, and they really love to do that. And I'm not digging the trope, because they do it a lot, and I'm just not down with the clown, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, they're very formulaic with their songs, though. Uh, that's also another thing I'm usually not down to clown with because I like a little variety within the album so I don't get bored. <laughs> so, yeah. Armageddon it. Uh, sorry. More like armpitting it. I'm going to vomit, bro. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> you were, like, you're just ready to go. <laughs> I was, and my funny bone still hasn't stopped hurting, <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna vomit. Our break better be that echo sound that you have. Oh, yeah, I got you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so Armageddon It, its title is a play on words, like Nate has already mentioned, sounding like Armageddon It. Like, you know, <laughs> get it on, euphemism. <laughs> uh, in it, this guy is basically telling a girl she knows having. You know. Bit of fun. You know. some people and they just heard us scream like banshees for the past like minute they're probably like god this sucks yeah this podcast is horrible bro 
Anyway, but she's just a tease and won't, quote, pull the trigger, another euphemism. <laughs> but the intro sounds like Hungry Like a Wolf by Duran Duran. I have definitely heard this one before, too. And I didn't realize that every Def Leppard song was overplayed on the classic rock radio stations because I knew the This next song is called Gods of War. Uh, the first 50 seconds of the song is pointless because they switch up the beat. Um, just another example <laughs> yeah. of them padding. Uh, the song doesn't start actually, though, till a minute 44 in, which that is insane to me. A minute for, Just take a second. You're think not going to like the Metallica album. Think about <laughs> something you can do in a minute and 44 seconds. That is 100 and 4 seconds. Let me take it, take it, take it. In a minute and 44 seconds, good bands... Can do a lot instrumentally. Def Leppard disappointed me. Yes. In a minute and 44 seconds, you could microwave a pack of Uncle Ben's rice and be eating before they, they've started singing. That's impressive. Uh, Shout out to Uncle Ben. Um, 90 seconds. That's crazy, though. Uh, all that for a super repetitive chorus. The song was just your stereotypical romp, and I'm not down with that because they've thrown very little variety. So your stereotypical romp isn't a fun romp for me. Uh, was this during the Cold War? Yeah. Yeah. It was? Okay. Yeah, the Cold War ended in, like, the 90s, I think. Right? It did, but I can't remember when it started. Um, and I'll, but, I'll explain why. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, it also has like a thirty-second long outro. Stop padding the songs, man. Like, well, let me let me explain the outro. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this apparently is the closest thing to a political song you will ever get from Def Leppard. Def who? <laughs> Def Leppard. Bro, I need you to sit still. Bro, I'm just bringing the energy up. <laughs> You're doing the wrong part. Audio listeners are just gonna hear your chair creaking. <laughs> anyway, once the real intro hits, there's a heavy yet simple bass line, and the sound travels from speaker to speaker like yes. a movement. Um, I ask, you know, if there an allusion to Ares, who is the god of war, if you're into Greek mythology, that's all I know. I don't know about the Roman stuff. It's bars um, for Romans. But the recordings. Uh, at the very end, the outro that Nate was talking about is the recordings of U.S. President Ronald Reagan addressing terrorists, telling them that they can run, but they can't hide. There you go. Pop off. Uh, yep. This next song is called Don't Shoot Shotgun. I hate the voice he puts on for the pre-chorus and the chorus. It literally repeats Don't Shoot Shotgun. I'm done with the repetition. There's no substance. There was literally so much repetition that we scrolled through the lyrics and saw that he was just going to repeat Don't Shoot Shotgun like 20 more times, and we skipped it. That was like a minute and a half left, and we skipped it, by God. <laughs> that was so fast. What's on real? Oh, don't shoot shotgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, Def Leppard only said it like 80 times, Lenny. I, you act like I listened to the song. Don't shoot shotgun! <sighs> okay, anyway. So, I did enjoy the bridge. Complete and out of boredom took over. We watched some Meat Canyon. Look it up, but I didn't tell you to look it up, so maybe don't look it up, because it's some crazy stuff. And then we just skipped it next. 
It stinks. Uh, this next song is called Run Riot. The opening felt like it was going to be dope, but then it fell right back into that single-stroke drum, 80s rock BS. Nod down to clown. He sounds like Steven Tyler. Nod down to clown. Down to clown is the word of the day. Down to clown. Um, just one more time for the rest of the viewers. Down to clown. Uh, the difference between all these songs is like the difference between French vanilla and vanilla bean and homemade vanilla ice cream. Like, they're all still vanilla. They're all still vanilla, but there's just like these little tiny differences, and I'm not down to that. Give me some Neapolitan. Throw some moose tracks in there. I need some mint chocolate chip. I can't just be eating different styles of vanilla on the same album. Vanilla. <laughs> and if it's going to be all the same vanilla, then at least have the vanilla be good. And that's how I feel about that. Okay. So this intro was very misleading because it sounded like it was going to be a good, solid rock song. And that one that I would listen to, one that was a little bit ahead of its time, you might say. But then it just reversed back into the same Def Leppard glam rock 80s song. No and cap. And it was very disappointing. It just sounds like Donnie Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries, if you don't know, a 90s Nickelodeon show. It sounds like him singing, and I'm over it, because he's like... Yeah, next. This next song is called Hysteria, album namesake. This song sounds like Every Breath You Take by the Police. And let me slow it down for a second. Correct. Let me slow it down for a second. I had heard this one before, and I like that this one has a different vibe to it, and I can really appreciate that. So this is one of my favorite songs on the album, because it differentiates with its sound, and that's just not something that you're getting a lot of on this album. And once we finally got that, that, that little morsel of mint chocolate chip thrown at us, I was like, oh my goodness, this a different flavor. And uh, it still keeps that Def Leppard feel intact, though. I'm not saying that you can't be your own self with your music and have your own sound, but just differentiate it a little bit. It keeps the Def Leppard intact with the chorus, but the verses are like a breath of fresh air. This song, uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> monkey cat, baby cat, monkey baby. Puppy monkey baby, that's what it was. Puppy monkey baby. Puppy monkey baby. Anyway, guitarist Phil Collin, not Phil Collins, explained to Billboard in 2017 that <laughs> there are sometimes four or eight different guitar parts going on at the same time in this song. That's crazy. Diversity. This song wasn't horrible. I just didn't really pay a lot of attention because at this point, uh, I'm not feeling it. Next, let's. <laughs> This next song is called Excitable. The intro is very interesting, but it's back to that same feel. And honestly, I was disappointed, and I literally wrote, I don't have much to say because it's the Def Leppard feel. And you know what? I wasn't feeling the Def Leppard feel. The song is called Excitable. The only note I wrote is that it's not exciting. Last song. The next, uh, the last song is called Love and Affection. Uh, it's what I give your mama. Um, anyways, there's nothing special about this song this far. Nothing makes this a great outro song. All in all, the song sums up the, the whole album for me. I'm pretty disappointed. Um, there's not a lot of anything special. It's just that Def Leppard feel, and whichever one stuck to the Billboard charts, stuck to the Billboard charts, and people dug that one, even though they sound all the exact same. <laughs> Okay, so this last song, Love and Affection, with strong yet mellow... I'm tired. Electric guitars. <laughs> Love and Affection closes out Def Leppard's best-selling Hysteria album. The lyrics describe the feelings, or lack thereof, behind a lustful one-night stand, asking the partner if they can forego romantic feelings and tap into more instinctive desires. 
that's called Lust. The background instrumentals further play on these two themes alongside the voices. With harder animalistic tones, they have a complete other song for that. Let's not repeat ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Animalistic tones at the beginning of the chorus and lighter romantic ones echoing at the ending. During the song, I played Angry Birds and Nate played Subway Surfers. Please sponsor us. Also, the needle drop. Follow us. <laughs> uh, anyways, Lainey, how do you feel ranking this album? This is at 38. It is, it, it is not 38. It is not. Okay, honey. Okay. It's All right. Honey. It's not 38. Okay. okay the needle honey. drop would tell you that this is not 38. Okay. Pardon honey. my take, but honey. that is not 38. Okay. Um, <laughs> we sound it's psychotic. above the last Def Leppard album. I was about to say though. that it's better than the last one, but definitely not good. So I'm gonna say 70s, 60s, uh, 60s. Yeah, 60s. I'm feeling 60s just because I like the song Hysteria. Uh, and it's honestly, I can sit through this album though. It's not like it was so, unbearable. It's not so bad that it was unbearable. And there have definitely been those albums on this list that are so bad that they're unbearable. Um, yeah, 60s, 70s, that's how I'm feeling. Anyways, uh, do you have anything to say before I start wrapping things up? Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. Also, God! (laughs) Also, um, feel free to donate money and support us. (laughs) (laughs) Also, 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 also. We're broke, and if you want it to be better, we need your support. Text your mom right now, tell her you love her. Text the women. Text your mom. Text the women. Text the women in your life and tell them that you love them. And just say legs and thighs. No, (laughs) do not do that. I'm saying this as a woman. I think that's funny. That is appropriation. Not genuinely, but that's a joke. Uh, it's a j- the social medias, the Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM Bod, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast, the YouTube, the Diamond Mind. If you look up Diamond Mind Podcast, we should be the first thing that pops up. The TikTok Diamond Mind Podcast. <gasps> like, follow, subscribe, share, tweet, comment, find my email, all sorts of stuff. Rate us five stars. Anyways. This has been the Diamond Podcast. We'll be back at you next week with Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti.